And I'm going to start in three, two, one. Hello, my friends. My name is Hawa Tankara. I am a junior at Barnard College studying economics. And welcome to the H-Suite Chats. For today's guest, I have Miss Grace Toner. How are you, Grace? I'm very good. How are you, Hawa? I'm doing just fine. We are in D.C. right now. Yes, we are. At the leg of our study abroad, which we'll get more into later, but it's going to be an interesting trip, ain't it? Yeah, it is. I'm very excited. For sure. All right. So Grace Toner, she is from Cambridge, Massachusetts, and goes to Bramar College, a historically women's college outside of Philadelphia. So you're in a sister school. I am in a sister school. Hey. hey. All right. So she's a junior English major and health studies minor, and she's joining me on our study abroad this semester. Grace is an avid sketcher, movie, and music geek, and enjoys a good bubble tea every once in a while. <laughs> so today we're going to be speaking about our experiences at the Seven Sister Schools and definitely more to come on just what that means for her and her story coming kind of, you know, on the come up. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming, Grace. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. And I always should like we tell the audience that we're bunk mates, actually. Yeah, we are bunk mates currently. <laughs> we're in a hostel in Washington D.C. We're on the what north northwest? I don't know. I know that we're in Adams Morgan. That's the name of the neighborhood. All right. So yeah, we're in our orientation phase of basically studying abroad. Yes. We're going to be going to India, Cape mm-hmm. Town, South Africa, uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil, mm-hmm. and we're going to be pretty cool. It's, I mean, it's a public health thing, but we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get, get into that. that. We'll get into that. But first and foremost, I love getting into the question of kind of walk me through your experience kind of getting into the college world. What was your experience like? What was your college application like? Your high school experience, if you want to touch on that. But just what led you to the college that you're at currently? Sure. So I went to, I'm from Cambridge, Massachusetts. We only have one large public school. So I went to Cambridge Ridge and Latin. And it's a very diverse place and I had I had a good experience in school, but the way I came to Bryn Mawr specifically was that I was nominated for uh, the Posse Scholarship, which I think we've talked about before off show, obviously. Yes, but we have. the Posse Scholarship, if, for those of you that don't know, is a nationwide scholarship, and there's one located in each like major city, basically. And the idea is that if you send a group of kids as a posse or as a group, they are more likely to stay in college since they have their posse with them. So yeah. um, I was nominated for that. And it's a rigorous program. Don't get it's me wrong. It's a very rigorous program. Exactly. It's Let's like a three-round application process. So I was nominated for that. And for Boston specifically, the schools that you can go to are Hamilton, Bryn Mawr, Union. I think there's one in Ohio. And then there's one in Kentucky. And when I looked at Bryn Mawr, out of the schools that were on the list, that was the one I liked the most. I personally was never intending to go to a women's college. That was not really on my radar. Same. But out of those, when I was still in the running for the um, for the scholarship, that was the one I liked the most. I didn't get the scholarship. So I kind of thought like I wasn't going to apply there or anything. I applied to a bunch of different schools, and I think my biggest mistake was not just picking one to apply ED to or early decision because I feel like I should have just picked that one school. I mean, there wasn't any school specifically that I was like, wow, I really love this place. Even Bryn Mawr, I was like, it's cool. But I never had that aha moment that I feel yeah, like, like every tour guide school. talks like about. A lot of people talk about like, oh, this is my dream school. I'm going to do ED. Like That's what I'm going to do. Exactly. I, I never had that. So I got waitlisted at a bunch of places. I think I applied to like 13 schools, and... I was lucky enough to be able to afford the application fees for everything. And my parents specifically were like, we really want you to 
try your best and reply to a bunch. I got waitlisted at a bunch, and I think I didn't understand that I could have pushed harder to get into places that I was waitlisted at. But overall, I ended up at Bryn Mawr. I really didn't like my first year at Bryn Mawr. I don't know how you felt about Barnard, but my first year, I was like, this really is not the place for me. And why is that? What made you feel like that? A bunch of things. I think... Name two. Two, okay. It was smaller than my high school. How many students go to Bryn Mawr? Like 1,500. In total or in, in your total. year? In total. Okay. And my high school was like at least 2,000. Yeah, 1,500 so that is was, small Yeah, 1,500. I, mean, I think I realized now that I wouldn't do well at a big school because I can't do large class settings. Like I couldn't do a lecture hall. I just wouldn't pay attention. But it was very isolating in a way because it was so small. You'd think it'd be the other way around You too. would think, yeah. It just because everyone knows your business and it just felt restricting. You know what I mean? And I had a group of friends at first and that just fell through. Um, which is fine, you know, that's, I, I think that happens to a lot of freshmen where they find, like, a group of friends at first, and then that doesn't end up being their real group of friends. I don't think people tell you that freshman year can be hard. I feel like everyone... Really? I don't know. I In my experience, like, all my family members were like, wow, college was, like, a great time. Well, actually, I take that back. Not all my family members, but everyone except my parents, I feel like, were like, college was the best years of my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So... I don't think I expected freshman year to be hard. I mean, one, people also tend to glamorize the past. <laughs> like exactly. Like, oh, this memory I had, I wish I went back to college, yeah. you know, like yeah, yeah, after yeah. they've gotten hit with the real world problems. But it's interesting how you say, you said isolating. Mm-hmm. I want to debunk that a little bit more. Like, did you feel like, the, obviously the friends you make at first, you kind of just cling on to them. Yes. Like you're like, oh, I'm in college. I and they were my people. roommates. And they were your roommates. And they like, were roommates. Yeah, yeah they, they were, were my roommates. roommates. Um, <laughs> so then. Because I lived in a quad. So. Wait, with like a quad within. Because you know how Barnard has it. The quad is literally what we call the building that all the freshmen oh, live no, no, in. Oh, no, no, no. Like I had three roommates. Three other roommates. And they were two bunk beds. And two, okay, so y'all were up and. Up we were bunked up. You were bunked up. Just like we, we are here. Up, yeah. Basically. Okay. How did you transition out of that isolation period? Like, was it with sophomore year when you were like, oh, epiphany, I can't do this freshman year thing again? I think it was. So even though my friend group fell apart my freshman year, I think it was still a really big discovering period for me. Like, I discovered a lot about my sexual identity. I had a girlfriend and, you know, that was a long relationship that I think honestly kept me going because you know that was like that like that was my social person basically um and you know I've always been a social person in general so it wasn't like hard for me to reach out to other people it was just finding the connections and I especially after like the first two months of college orientation and getting to know each other you just get so tired of small talk you know there's only so much like reaching out I can do and I think because again it was a small school it felt like I had already like exasperated all the different social circles but that wasn't true I actually found most of my friends now are either older than me or younger than me so that's kind of interesting that I went outside of my class but that's really typical at Rimar because it is so small so I'm gonna actually touch on a little bit more of maybe the academia scene too yes and I mean you're a English major yes I'm an econ major Mm-hmm. We both found our way on a public health study abroad trip. Yes, that's very interesting. That's so interesting, right? But can you can you walk me a little bit through your decision process and thinking, you know what, English major is for me. Like, you know how most people in college, they're like, especially if you're trying to graduate from college and be like, I need a job. 
Oh yeah, no, I totally understand that stereotype. And that stereotype, that English stigma. English major is the exact opposite. Yeah, and then everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh, you became an English major. What are you gonna do with yeah. that? Teach?" Like, no, that's literally every time I say I'm an English major, somebody's like, "Oh, so you want to be a teacher?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> maybe like after a while, but that's not what I want to." I, I don't know what I want to do. I think that's the biggest thing for me because there's such a contradiction, right? I feel like, at least in my experience, when I was first applying to schools and when I first started college, everyone was telling me, like, you don't have to have it figured out. You have so much time. But now I'm already a fucking junior and I don't know what I want to do. And it feels like everybody else around me does. You know what I mean? And part of the reason I came on this trip is, well, okay, let me backtrack a little bit. So I decided to be an English major because two people that two adults in my life that I really love and trust, they're not my parents, but like family friends told me separately, actually, that you should just major in whatever you, you want to major in. You should do a major that you love, even if it's not the career path, especially with liberal arts schools, because the idea is that you're getting a holistic, rounded out education. So even though you pick a major, it's not like you're not going to know how to communicate or how to, you know do some math stuff like that so writing and reading and literature is something that I've always really been interested in to begin with but I think I just decided like if I have to do something it would be that and I want to develop my writing skills I want to develop my communicating skills so that's why I picked an English major also the Bryn Mawr English department is really awesome and they have like a cute little cottage where the English department is and it's like it's a definitely a nerdy type of major at my school at least. Brimmer is kind of like the place for if I had to describe it it's like kind of just like a bunch of closeted gay kids that like come out. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like at Brimmer. No it's true <laughs> and it's like they're just all like geeky and you know like I, f- I feel that way too you know so it's it's nice and I really like the English department. Oh, it's, um, it's fulfilling the all women's college stigma too. Yeah it? not everybody at a women's college is gay that shouldn't be the, the stereotype I'm promoting but at least at Brimmer a large proportion of people are but anyway and then for public health that's what my family's really involved in my mom and both my grandfather and my mom um manage public housing in boston and like fund it through the state like they help allocate resources Uh, my grandfather helps with relocation services so like if there's an apartment building being redone he makes sure that the families that are living there currently have some place to live while it's being renovated so that's kind of why i was interested in public health and um for the case studies we're doing, actually, I'm interested in the senior populations, and that's who I worked with over the summer under my grandfather nice. in, in Dorchester. So, yeah. So it's going to be exciting to kind of learn more. And when she says case studies, we're talking about on the program, we were put into uh, groups of three. There's yes. like 15 of us in total as, as students in a program, and we all been split into three, into five different groups, mm-hmm. three each, and we all have like a specific topic of study. Yes. For the, for what's, what class is it? Public health? No. Health and community? It's one of the classes. One of them, yeah. Research. Yeah. Research Maybe research methods, yeah. You mentioned that you want to talk a little bit about academic inaccessibility. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you when you say academic inaccessibility? Is that in reference to yourself? Is it in what you've experienced through other people? Mm-hmm. What um, do you mean by that? So it's definitely not about myself. Um, I think I've been privileged enough to always have a really great, Cambridge specifically has a really great public school system and, you know, Bermar is a really great academic learning environment. So it's not about myself, but I'm trying to remember when I filled out that survey, I feel like we were talking about, I think that day in one of our lectures, actually, we had been talking about the readings we were doing and how, especially for these public health readings, at least the way that things are worded is inaccessible to regular everyday people the people that should be learning about these stats and public health issues these papers are not worded for them you know what I mean and I think 
academia is discriminatory, not just like, you know, based on the classic by race or by language or whatever. I think it's it's discriminatory in terms of like the type of smart you are. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? Like Bryn Mawr is like you're book smart at Bryn Mawr, you will excel really easily. But I feel like if you're just like everyone has their own type of smart, I would say for lack of a better word. Yeah. Like there's street smart, there's Exactly. People smart like like the EQ, yes. emotional quotient versus intelligence quotient. Mm-hmm. Like that's like a new concept people are putting out there. I mean, I know that academics are a lot based on uh, or based a lot on like being able to read and write and all that stuff, but I also feel like there should be a way to hone in on different types of skills. Yeah. And what I hear from you saying is basically academic literature. Mm-hmm. And specifically, I mean, I guess even what we read in class currently, yeah. English English doesn't have to be this complicated no, it for doesn't. you to get the message across. And if you're trying to reach a certain population, maybe you shouldn't use terms. But that's the thing. I don't think they're trying to reach a certain population. I think they should be. But, they but aren't. a lot of like what we've been talking about, too, is that and I'm sorry, audience, I know that you're not on the study abroad trip with us. But in our class discussions, a lot that we've been talking about has been the fact that researchers specifically will go out into these fields or go out into these neighborhoods and be like, we need to know all of this personal information about you. Let's say I'm doing a study on obesity. I need to know your weight, how much weight you've gained in the last year, what you've been eating, da 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 Right. And then I say, okay, bye, see you later. Or like, see you never really, because I'm going to take this research, present it to a bunch of fellows who isn't who aren't being affected by this issue directly and never word my findings in a way that you like the average person can understand and do you think that has something to do with the actual demographics of who these researchers are oh totally like who they are would that be where they're from or the or the fact that they themselves cannot relate to the people that they're researching because they and look just nothing stigma, like those people yeah exactly like stigma stereotypes i remember i forget who was talking about it but somebody mentioned in one of our classes a story about how there was a group of harvard researchers right oh it was um dr wallington who are one of our guest lecturers. She was talking about how there was a Harvard research study that was taking place in Jamaica Plain for my Boston people, if you know where that is. And these Harvard researchers wanted to know some personal personal information about like a certain building, I think, of people um, in a housing project. They sent Dr. Wallington and one of her colleagues to go and talk to them and say, like, we need this information from you. And the people, specifically one lady in that housing project, were like, these Harvard people never come to us directly. They always send, like, a representative. They never want to talk to us. They take all this information, and then we never see them again. And I think the, the word that she used was they rape us of our information and of our dignity, really. And then they exploit us for information. And I'm so sick and tired of being exploited, and that makes total sense. You are taking from these people? Yeah. But you're not giving anything back. Exactly. It's like, I'm a researcher. I'm going to come into this community that I've never been to in my entire life, test my hypothesis, and then bounce. Dr. Wallington went back to Harvard and told the researchers, like, hey, they're not going to do it because you guys never go there your damn selves to talk to these people, and they don't want to give you their information, which makes total sense. And she said that the researchers were so scared when they walked into that Jamaica Plain (laughs) apartment building. And I just think, like, I can just imagine a bunch of, like, really skinny, white, nerdy guys that, like, stay in a lab 24-7 walking into, like, this mostly POC building and... It just like just communicate like if you want the information, at least treat the like your patients are people. You know, if you consider your patients research subjects, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. how can you look at them as people? 
I think you still can. I mean, you can, but like, it's all about terminology and how you digest that information. I think when you realize that the information you're collecting needs to go back to those people, you treat them in a much different way. Okay. Instead of just thinking about like grants and the paper you're going to write, you think about, okay, this paper is going to have implications that I can make a change with. Yeah. You but know. not everyone has those intentions when they're going into research. Yeah, that's some people the sad see part. the dollar signs that they're going to be getting from this foundation afterwards. Or yeah. The what what what's the sound? What's some scientific awards people get? No, I don't no, fucking know. But they shouldn't mean anything. <laughs> really. Am no I allowed people? to swear this? I feel like I've swore um, twice. You can it's because it's your own Sorry, form of expression. <laughs> All right. No, but that's so true, and it makes me think then our positionality going into all of the different countries that we're going to be touching because we're going to be taking on that role of quote-unquote researchers. Yes. We're researchers this semester, which is... I'm nervous about that. I'm nervous as well. Public insecurity thing. I'm like, am I a good researcher? Can I be a good researcher? I'm not sure. I haven't done research like that. I'm not even a science person. I'm nervous about being disrespectful in the way that That I was just describing. Right. Because even when we went, again, so to the audience, we went and visited public housing for senior citizens in dc and we met with these four really awesome women who were the council for their apartment building and we talked to them and it was a really great time and then afterwards they were like why aren't you coming back you know what i mean Yep. Those are and even that women. i was like that's totally true because they just told us all this really personal information and then we were like okay thanks like that was awesome we made a really great connection Bye. We're leaving. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they were amazing. Yeah, like, they, they were ha- awesome. Their spirit. They were just happy mm-hmm. and just joyful, and their personalities came through despite everything that they've gone through in their lives. Yeah. I, I, I was just blown away. Yeah. And it's, it, it talks a lot to how we treat the elderly. Definitely. That's country. why I'm interested in it because I think it's a field that's really neglected, and it's not sexy. If right. that makes sense, like it's, it's not, not a, like if you say like oh I work with senior citizens, no one's gonna be like wow wow that's fundamental that's so that's cool great. like You're no. doing amazing things in life. But it is. I mean I don't know. I've always had I I've always respected my elders and I've always had a good relationship with my elders, which is you know very lucky. I'm very lucky Values. in that regard. But right. I think people don't people don't see themselves in elderly people, you know, especially yeah. young people. It's it's so far off. In our minds. Exactly. That we could never be like, oh, that's going to be me one day. Right. And it will be. It will be. If you live long enough to be, you will be at that age. So if you don't start laying the ground, I mean, if you want to think about it selfishly, if you don't start laying the groundwork now for good senior health care and taking care of your elders, nobody's going to take care of you, dude. Like, (laughs) no one's going to care. And also from what you're saying, it's an interesting way of kind of bringing back the heart of why I'm having these conversations with us and students like you and people around my age Mm -hmm. because of the things that we don't think about. Exactly. Like, yes, we always think about when's the next application due, when's the next project I have to turn in, when's the next paper I have to do, when's my next internship. We don't think about how far we've come, but then we also don't reflect and think, you know, I'm going to be somewhere one day where I have to look, I have to be in my rocking chair and think, what did I do 50, 60 years ago? Yeah. Exactly. How did I live my life? Was I partying all the time? I mean, you could look back and say you were partying all the time and still have a successful life. <laughs> I mean, hey. So I hope so. Success <laughs> is arbitrary. No, I mean, <laughs> just like, I hope so. Because if can, not, I'm kind of screwed. <laughs> oh, wait. We're gonna have, can we unpack that? Can we unpack that? Oh, College stories? I mean, we can unpack that if you want. Why not? Let's it's touch on it a little bit. I, I think we should. I think, okay. I mean, I know nothing. Not that I don't. I, I mean, okay, fine. I'll admit to it. I don't know, I don't know much about Bramar. Yep. 
and and for that reason, I don't know much about the social scene. Oh, I am no Brimar. in no way implying that Brimar is a party school. It definitely is not. It's not a party it is school. not. It's probably the lowest on the list. It's just so small, and I think there is actually a large population of girls there who went there to to study, you know, and went there to be serious students, and that's great. Right. I I like being a student, but I also like Having to fun. do something on my weekend. So I think if you have the right friend group and we have access to a bunch of different schools so we get to go to Haverford College, Swarthmore, UPenn, Villanova's down the street, Temple's in Philly. Oh, you guys are literally around all these different schools. Yeah. So it it can feel isolating but there's literally I think four or five colleges at least within a mile radius of us. I'm going to poke a little bit. Yeah. Crazy. Cause I know some audience members have an idea or a stigma of what college life is like or at least what college parties okay. are like. Yep. Can you speak to that in some way, shape, or form? Is it like the... I mean, at least when I was going into college, I was like, mm, I ain't going to no college party. I believe yeah. in God. <laughs> and that's totally valid. I, no, I hate no. this word, but that's totally valid. That's I just hate... Valid. I hate how people Really? Oh, damn. I hate you, when people are you're like, g- your feelings are valid. I'm like, shut shit. the fuck All up. Right, maybe, <laughs> okay, so remind me never to use that. I'm going to shove my feelings down your throat, bro. Never, <laughs> remind me never to say valid around you because that's literally all no, I'm saying. No, I'm sorry. I'm literally I like... I just hate how people say it. That is valid. That is valid. I'm not trying to come at anybody that says it. I just don't like it when I think Sarah over there is realizing that she says it. I'm sorry. I say it too. I also say it too. Yeah, like, guys, we have a small audience here. We have Miss Sarah. I'm gonna call Yara. Yeah. Sarah, Deneva, Doha. They are also members Woo! of the crew. We are all studying abroad together, so we're getting along real nice, real tight. You guys can do the audience laughs, like the claps. Yeah. <laughs> and, they're, and they're like, ha ha ha. Nah, we good. We're not going to do all that. It just irks me. I don't know why. It, it irks you? Me. Valid? Okay. But anyway, That's so fair. what were we talking about? College. College party scene. Or not even just a social scene. And is it what you expected it to be when you walked in? Okay, so I knew going into Bryn Mawr that it wasn't going to be a party school. So in that sense, it is what I expected. Like, we ha- we do have parties. Bryn Mawr is a wet campus. So as long as there's somebody 21 or over at the party, we can have alcohol. Um, you just have to sign off on it and stuff. I mean, obviously, they don't want underage drinking, but it's there. So, like, it's managed, you know, and no one goes super crazy, at least not like other schools. But speaking from personal experience, since I grew up in Cambridge, Harvard is, like, right next to my high school. MIT's right there. BU, Northeastern, a bunch of other places, too. And so starting, like, my junior, senior year in high school, I'd already been to, like, at least, like, 10 Harvard frat parties and stuff because they're just so easy to get into. Jeez Louise. Yeah. As a by, junior by in high school? By the time I graduated, yes. Okay, by the time I graduated. Oh, so my God. So over junior and senior year. Okay, so you out here. I mean, people did more than I did, you know what I mean? But um, <laughs> You're right. Those, yeah. like, that was my introduction to, to college parties. They were okay, you know? Like, I mean, they were fun. I didn't go to, like, the crazy ones. I went to, like, just a regular frat party in someone's dorm or, like, I, I don't mean, know. I don't know how it works. Is it, like, a regular party? People just dancing, drinking, having a good time? Yeah, yeah. Right. There's not this, it's because people, like, have a, a weird glamorized view on what college parties look well, like. Well, it also depends on the school you go to, right? So that I've never really true. been to, like, Harvard. Yeah, they have a Greek life, but it's not, like, down south, you know. I, I, I've only heard about schools down south that have, like, huge, like, family lineages of, you know, Greek life and parties and stuff yeah, like, like that. Yeah, like those legacy kids. That's, like, a whole other world where they throw, like, huge parties that cost, like, 10000 each. You know what I mean? Oh like, there's places goodness. that do that. Like, bougie parties, basically. Bougie parties, yeah. Things that I would never be able to afford. Yeah, exactly. Mm. 
That's interesting. Okay. So well, we're out here. I need to try. Maybe I'll. Maybe I'll. You know. Maybe you'll catch me at one party. You should come out with us when we're in Brazil and stuff. We'll see. We'll see. If I, I mean, I haven't put it. Don't put. Don't put me on record. Maybe I'll just edit this part. Out. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see. I don't want anyone be like documented proof of how yeah. I was saying this one thing. How? What are you Eight doing? Eight sweet reports. Eight sweet reports. <laughs> Howard and Kara <laughs> went to a college party. Oh my god. Dun dun dun. I don't know. It's good. That's interesting though. Well, what's Barnard like? I'd like to know since you Barnard? have Columbia right there. Columbia is right there, but I'm not the most representative. I like I I cannot be the representative of Barnard. You That's fine. I mean? In a way, I can. I'm not really a representative of Bremer. I'm Fair. I'm kind of I'm kind of a different type of student. That's there. true. No, Barnard Barnard is the type of place. At least from what I've experienced, there are some smart people. Yeah. You're gonna meet smart people. You're gonna meet hardworking women. Mm-hmm. Who are striving and thriving every single day to do their absolute best. Striving and thriving, I like that. Columbia and Barnard relationship is, is it always gets me because it's really? just like where, where do you say you like what college do you say you're from? I would think you would say Barnard. No, you, no, yeah, I say Barnard. Okay, but some people don't, and and it's because of that weird relationship that we have. Mm-hmm. It's not weird; it's exactly pretty normal. We're just another, we're just a college, one of the four colleges under the University of Columbia University. Mm-hmm. Is Columbia an Ivy or it's is it's it? It's an Ivy League. It is okay. Yeah, it's an interesting relationship not mm-hmm. to say the least. You, I've met some of the brightest women I've ever met in my life, and also love Barnard staff. Like I'm gonna shout out. Oh, that's awesome. The Hewitt members, uh, Diana workers, like. That's what made me choose to go to that school. Yeah. The, envi- the actual environment. And the environment includes the people who work for the institution yeah. that aren't necessarily just teachers and faculty. Yeah. Honestly, to speak to that, too, I feel like kind of backtracking to the college application and choosing process, I feel like even though I do have my ups and downs with the Mawr, I chose the right place because the learning environment is ideal for me. And I feel like that's we forget about that. At least at least I did. And I think my peers in high school did. Like there's so many other things to consider that you forget that you're going to a school to get an education. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you don't want to be unhappy there. But if you if you are getting the best education possible, at least for me, that's that's why you would pick a college. So that's good that you enjoy the staff at Barnard. I do love the staff. I do love the people that surround Barnard. And I, I love the fact that I could say hello to anybody and start a conversation. And it's not like a weird thing that happened. You know oh, what I mean? nice. Yeah. And people are down to talk. And that's always a nice thing. But it's, it's, interesting, it's interesting that you mentioned a good education. Because I have, and I think I've mentioned in Pat, like in a few episodes prior to this one. Mm-hmm. Like my whole like teeter-totter relationship with re- education as yep. a system versus learning. Mm-hmm. I like to separate the two. Okay. Because I see education, or at least school. Let's say school, because education is uh, that's a ambiguous term in a way. Because you yeah. can educate, like learning is also educating. There's different yourself. types of education, right? Yeah. School as an institution, mm-hmm. K through twelve, and then university, college years, and then post whatever you want to do with your life yeah. afterwards, versus learning and how. I mean, I, I'm speaking from my own personal experiences and who I've been able to talk to. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, I talk to a lot of younger. Kid, younger students just because my my younger siblings are of all varying ages mm-hmm. like of all spectrums of life basically and you talk to some of their friends and you just hear this like recurring story of i don't like school i don't like learning and i'm like wait a minute those don't have to be synonymous yes you know what i mean like school yes as an institution it's not at, at least let me say so I'm gonna speak to New York City public schools. It okay. prob- maybe you've probably had similar experiences, mm-hmm. but New York City public schools and the way that we have our school system set up, 
You're inputted with information that you need to ja- hammer into your head in the last few months because a state test is coming up. Yes. And you have to pass that state test to move on to the next grade. So teachers don't even have the flexibility. And really the only reason they hammer, at least for Massachusetts, is because that state test reflects the teacher's job, not you. Exactly. And they're and they and they're and they want their jobs <laughs> exactly. And they want their jobs. They want to yeah. be paid because they don't want to be unemployed. Like that's fair. And yeah. I, and as now that I've grown up and now I'm not a kid anymore, I kind of get that. I'm like, yes, un- employment is important. Mm-hmm. You should be employed. As a kid, I'm like, well, you should be worried about me. I'm the student. Da, 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 da. But but they should. I mean, yes, they should. And also, you shouldn't go into teaching just as a job. Teaching is such a it's such an art. I know. I've always been confused how people just end up in teaching. Yeah. You know, like why is that allowed? <laughs> why is it allowed it's like if no no like you don't if you're a doctor you don't just end up being a doctor like you choose to go to medical school and then you do your training and whatever and then you're a doctor but with teaching like you don't even have to be licensed in some places to be a teacher like for, for private schools they can just hire you that's so interesting i mean well yeah that's probably part of it there is not a rigorous weeding out process like maybe getting a phd yeah. or uh, also i guess MD because the pay is so bad <laughs> the pay is so bad I it mean, really is i mean is it like what is it 50k no less In than sometimes less than 50k sometimes oh, yeah no all my teachers out there i think i sympathize i mean maybe i'm just maybe we're got, dramatic maybe we should google it later but we should google it or later. what audience member google it and then message me at how underscore tenkara when you get that an- when you get that answer yeah up oh, we have an audience member she there said i was right Thank you, Sarah. So some as low as 30, but 50 is like average. Is that all around the U.S. though, or is that New York only? North She's Carolina saying that North worse. Carolina is even worse. That's where Sarah's from. Okay. So we're out here struggling with this. These, right. With this education. Education. <laughs> all right. So that's, no, I mean, but don't, don't look at the pay because some people really just want to go into it because they see that they can actually make an actual difference. No, and those are the people who should be in it. Right. I think. And no, you're not wrong. That's yeah. the thing. Like, if, if we lived in an ideal world, mm-hmm. people would do the job that they are best fit to do. Yeah. A teacher would actually be able to look at a student as an individual student and not compare them to other students, look at them as an individual student, know what they individually need, and yeah. cater to that and do that for each student because they actually care about that student's learning instead of just getting a good grade from that student because they need to keep their job. Totally. And, and the same applies to, I think, any other industry. Like, if I had my way, God knows what I'd if be doing. If Hawa had her way. If I, I don't know. Would I, go, would I be in finance? Yeah. Finance. Me in finance? <laughs> God knows. Maybe. I mean, I do money. Money talks. Money talks. I would be. I, st- I think I'd still be in finance. But once again, for my own purposes. Because I want to act as that meteor. 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 Yeah, like a meteor shower, obviously. The mediator, the person who like <laughs> is able to grab that capital and put it in the right place, plop it down. Yeah. In correct pockets of where capital should be. A, flan- a philanthropist. Is uh, that the right philanthropist. Word? Uh, I would say. Um, I like don't when you have enough money to actually just make donating your living. <laughs> yeah, philanthropy, basically, like Bill yeah. and Melinda Gates, the Ford Foundation does it. Kind of reeling back into. Reaching the end of our time. I mean, we're not. I mean, we don't have to be reaching the end of our time. I don't time. want to. It's <laughs> just like, oh, great. You have It feels fun? like it's only been like 10 minutes. I'm glad. I'm glad. You heard that, guys? We're yeah, doing a good audience job. members, if you ever get to be on this podcast, take up the chance. Take up the chance. Yay, promotion. Please promote me. <laughs>
we're so basically we're getting like affirmation from our our live audience here. They're saying they we will. got them all riled up. I literally, I I'm down to ask y'all to come in. All right, so first of all, I want to get all I want to get out all the juices from college first. Okay. To get that out there because okay, one of the goals of my podcast is to change the college narrative. I don't think I've mentioned it so yeah. far in any of my episodes, but guys, that's one of my goals. Yeah. And the whole stigma behind going to college, ho ho ho, is bad idea. Yes, loans. Yes, you got to pay off your loans and da 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 da. But there's something about the experience itself. Mm-hmm. Like, let me rephrase that. I don't want. I don't want to mention loans because that just counteracts counteracts what I'm saying. <laughs> like how we just said loans. Ain't nobody like loans. No, very true. I don't like loans. Let, let's <laughs> let's, restart, <laughs> let's restart that. I kind of want to talk a l- i want to juice all the college information out of you just because you go to a different college and i'm so glad that you actually decided to come mm-hmm. to my podcast like i've been getting barnard students oh, not that i love my i love my barnard students but i want to diversify the yeah the voices that we have on this podcast and it would be interesting for barnard students to yeah. hear other people yeah and for other people to hear i mean exactly and all the other people i'm going to be able to kind of amass as an audience yeah. hopefully that's the goal we'll see mm-hmm. and if anything i'm learning a lot so pff, i'll me be too. my own audience thanks for having me Thank you for being here, sis. And I kind of want to touch on. No, we're not. We didn't end, sis. We, we, no, Sarah, no, no. Popping. I know. I know. <laughs> stop popping, Sarah. We ain't done. <laughs> you good? Wait, no. I'm trying. I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to I was just looking at you like. <laughs> no, don't worry. I'm Are we taking a break? I'm, no, I'm. Th- <laughs> I used to do this in the morning, so don't come for okay. my life. I'm not a night Sorry. person. You gotta give me time to think. So I am a night person. We're exact opposites. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. I mean, being a morning owl. I mean, morning owls. You look at that. I'm sorry. <laughs> a morning bird. What are we? What, what morning bird, yeah. Morning bird, night owls. All these crazy. Why are we, why are we associating ourselves with birds? <laughs> That's know. my first question. Why do we, Why is everything? Brimar's uh, mascot is an owl, actually. An owl? Yeah, an owl. <laughs> why? I don't know. I hate owls. <laughs> I yeah, really do. They freak me out. I mean, owls are also <laughs> Oh, wait, no. I do know why. I know. Because our... Okay, so here's the thing that actually I didn't talk about with Brimar is that we're kind of a cult. So we have a bunch of traditions that have been passed down like every year. I can't talk about them because you're not Brimar students. Wait, you are kidding me. Y'all no, are, I'm not kidding. <laughs> there are traditions that you can't say out loud? Yeah, there's like initiation process, 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 process. process? I should know this. Just I'm don't in ask English. Me. I don't know. I'm an English major. Yeah, you should yeah, probably yeah, know exactly. that. There you go. There's initiation things. Um, I can mention a few of them, but basically. You sure? They may, no, you, I, like, I, I don't want no Bryn Mawr people coming after me on my podcast. No, no one will come after you. If anything, they'll come after me, but it'll be fine. Fair. Um, so we have, no, these are things that you like learn about when you tour the school. So I can talk about that. We have a bunch of different traditions that, so we have, I don't know if Barnard has like a concert type thing. Do you guys have like a, yeah, we have like a, a spring fling type yes, thing. Yes, we do. What do we call it? We call it the bacant the bacows bacante. I forgot what, what <laughs> something with a B. Just, just, I am okay. not prevalent on that campus. <laughs> so for Brimar, we we have May Day, and basically it's the first week, the first Sunday I think of May, and we have a concert. This year we had Tierra Whack, who's pretty cool. That was fun. We all dress in white. Everyone wears flower crowns, and like it's all outside. Yeah, it's a little weird, like, the campus when, uh, that day. Um, and we, we eat strawberries and cream in the morning. That's, like, a tradition. That's the only thing they serve for breakfast. And then our patron, we have we have a, a – so the reason our mascot's an owl is because Athena is, like, the patron goddess of 
Bryn Mawr. So, she, like, we have, a, we have a statue of her, and people leave offerings to her. Um, like, Athena, if you don't know, is, like, the goddess of knowledge. I think Greek, right? She's Greek. Yeah, well, she's, pro- she's prevalent on our campus, too. We have the Athena Center and all that. Oh, really? Things. Yeah, we have oh, an okay. Athena Center. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's where the owls... Um, that, that, that's one of the fun things about Bryn Mawr is we have a lot of, like, inside stuff. So, if you ever just... If you're... I'm just going to put in a plug for Bryn Mawr, even though sometimes I don't like it. If you're a geeky girl who wants to study something in the humanities and you like, like, traditions and if you want to go to a school that sometimes just feels like one giant slumber party, Bryn Mawr is probably the place for you. That's a great way to advocate for your school. I mean, that, I mean that's what not? it feels like sometimes. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I want to clarify that we do have non-binary and men on our campus that's why i think a lot of the sister schools are advocating for being called historically women's colleges because it's not just women Mm -hmm. um but there is that tradition there so yeah Yeah. i don't think barnard has any tradition like that yeah i think that's kind of the unique thing about brimar because we have a bunch like we have we have basically like a tradition every month okay uh, every other month maybe every other month okay. yeah. yeah that's how you guys decide to keep your community alive just you know what uh, also where is Bremar located like look give me a location so philly within philly where it's not within philly it's like a 20 minute train ride outside of philly and it's on the what's called the main line so there's like suburbs going out i think west yeah west of philadelphia so if you're starting on in philadelphia you can take a train line out west and the main line is just a row of really wealthy. It's a very wealthy suburb, Bryn Mawr. Haverford College is next door in Haverford. Villanova is... Villanova might be in Radnor. But it's it's like right there too. So it's it's actually... The public health aspect of it is very interesting because you ride through West Philly. West Philadelphia, born and raised. That's where Will Smith's hey. from. And that's a very poor area of Philadelphia. And then you just hit like the richest whitest suburbs ever the gradients from which schools are socioeconomic classes it's kind of crazy it's like it's like what um abriana said about detroit yes that gradient of socioeconomic class changing yeah and just i would call philadelphia kind of a gradient too interesting yeah well maybe not a gradient but it's definitely like a linear split occurrence yes interesting yeah because new york is a a weird chopped up Salad, kinda as chops, you call it. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's not a melting pot. It's a chopped salad. Chopped salad, people. It's a chopped salad. You heard it here first. <laughs> and, you, and you made me think about, you know, the reason why I asked where is Bremore is because, Bremore, sorry, is because Barnard's in the city. Yes. So. In Harlem, I, correct? In Harlem. Okay. Thank you. It's not in Morningside Heights. It's Harlem. <laughs> it's literally Harlem. Yeah, Columbia that's crazy when, you, I, when I heard you say that. I had never call, heard it called that. That's That's literally what the street's called, Morningside Heights. They've changed. And, like, tra- and white people are trying to call it that, basically. No, no, they, that's what they have the sign as. That's oh. what the Green Street sign now says. Morningside uh-huh. Heights. Columbia's on this like big trip. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. Will they kick me out of school? I hope not. No. Freedom of speech. Freedom my first amendment speech. rights. Yeah. This isn't a Barnard project, right? <laughs> it is not a Barnard <laughs> project. It's a personal project. Yeah. And they're just on a. They're just purchasing real estate yeah. everywhere. Even I was born in Harlem Hospital, sis. Columbia is now in collaboration with Harlem Hospital doing God knows what. Oh, yeah, you said this, yeah. And I'm I'm shook. I'm yeah. like, y'all just can't leave me alone. <laughs> you're going to go through every important moment every of my life. <laughs> and you're going to take it over. Yeah. 
so i was just so i was just it's interesting just thinking about like because you know some schools are in the little middle of nowhere so mm-hmm. like that culture is more like they have to have like a tighter knit tradition their tighter knit kind of culture well yeah Bremer does feel very isolated yeah and a lot of college campuses are like that just for fyi for well me. also philadelphia okay sorry philadelphia but you have the worst trans transportation system i've ever seen like <laughs> no the really? train they don't the trains are not like at least okay boston's transportation system is pretty bad like the infrastructure is just falling apart but we do have like an inner city subway line for Philadelphia, it's like the commuter rail. You know, like I don't know what you guys call that. What what do you call like the trains that go out to the suburbs in New York? The Metro North. But like not the not the like inner city like subways that are like yeah one yeah stop no 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 exactly MTA the MTA is MTA like that's yeah, the four yeah. or five six the, D. the Metro North goes up to nor- the northern parts of New York. Like I've taken the Metro North to Annandale. Annandale is not in New York oh, City, okay. so, so it's probably like that. So in Boston, we call it the commuter rail which is like the purple line, and that goes out to all the suburbs. Basically, Philadelphia only has a commuter rail or metro north. Like, there's, n- it's, it does, it's not underground, I don't think. Oh, no, the subway is underground, but, like, I don't know. Travel. It's just weird. Okay, so it's just not efficient. It's not the same. Like, they're not separated is what I'm trying to say. Okay, that's weird. Like, th- the train, like, the same train will go into Philadelphia, through Philadelphia, and out to the suburb. You know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, sort of, but... It's just weird. You'd have to experience it to get I don't it. Like I know it. what you mean. Okay. Someone from Philly is going to be like, what? what's this bitch talking about? But like, <laughs> Philly is really amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Sorry, Philly. We ain't saying nothing bad about yeah. you. We just say, yo, Metro sucks. That is all. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't been there, so don't come. I mean, no, I've been to Philadelphia. What am I talking about? I just never took the, I just never took the train. We went there for like a quick historical If anything, train. I actually go to New York City more than I go to Philadelphia. And you live closer to Philadelphia during school year. Because, too. well, it's just so easy. Like, you just hop on a bus for like $10. Really? Which bus? The Peter Pan. Oh, the P- oh yeah, the Peter Pan. How long or is Mega that? Or Megabus. How long is that? Two hours to oh, New York it's City. It's two hours? Yeah. That's so crazy. Because I know people who trans, like, literally, they take the MTA and take two hours to get from, like, the Bronx yeah. to Brooklyn. Like, Well, like, I don't go on, like, a Wednesday. I'll go, like, Saturday morning. Yeah, when no one's maybe there. Maybe say sun- Saturday night if I'm, like, seeing a friend or something. Ooh. But you could go for the day, really. Okay, that's fair. What yeah. do you like doing in New York? I'm gonna ask because I'm from there. Well, I actually have a lot of friends at Bremar that are from the Bronx. Hey. I know, I know. You and Stephanie are from the Bronx, which I thought was so funny because I was like, <laughs> "What are the odds?" Yeah. <laughs> so I, what do I do with them? I don't know. We just hang out a lot. Maybe do some things that we're not supposed to be doing. I don't know if I should mention them on this podcast, but we eat a lot of chopped cheeses. Those are good. Chopped cheese is good. That's true. And I pizza. really like those. I'm trying to cut back on my red meat up intake, though. We so were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Red meat in Brazil. Scary times, people. It is scary time. I mean, yeah, we're going to be traveling to these places. Like I know. And, and I know this is another off topic, but I, I really do love steak. <laughs> I do. It's so It's so hard to, like, not eat it. Yeah. And I know that sounds so like first world problems of me, but it's true. <laughs> it's hard not to eat yeah. steak. Says we all. In Brazil, it's gonna problem. be so hard because I think they have like some of the best steak in the world. I'm not going to do it. I just can't. It's so yeah. morally wrong right now. Can you, give a, can you explain to people why that is? Oh sure. So like why I'm doing it, or yeah, just like why you don't want to eat steak in Brazil and what's going on in Brazil, just so we can be. So, so yeah. So we're going, going to Sao Paulo in like two months. We'll be there for most of November, right? Yeah, like a month and change. Um. And right now, Bolsonaro, the president, who's a whack job, is just basically he during his election, 
he said that he would burn down the Amazon or parts of it to make more room for cattle farming, which is Brazil's biggest export is red meat and cattle. Um, and the people voted for him. He got into office and that's what he's doing now. And a lot of people internationally, myself included, I will call myself out, didn't see it coming. And I like I saw a post the other day. Well, you know how it is on Instagram. Everyone's trying to outwoke each other. And I'll right. be honest, I bought into the game. <laughs> I did. I posted like a bunch Everyone's of shit like everyone stop eating red meat. Da, 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 da. I'm such a hypocrite because I'm I mean, lately I've stopped eating red meat, but it's out, it's crazy. And Sao Paulo is very south. So am, the Amazon is in the north and Sao Paulo is very like very south in, the, in Brazil. Like south what? Southwest? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm looking at uh, southwest. Uh, no, southeast. 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 Thank you, Molly. Thank you. Thank you, Molly, our other audience member. Um, And roommate. And roommate. So the other day with all the Amazon, f- so they're burning all huge swaths of the Amazon for cattle farming. And all the smoke just came, like bl- blew down from the north. And I'm talking like thousands of miles, right? Maybe I'm exaggerating. It's a very long way from the Amazon to Sao Paulo. And all the smoke just showed up in Sao Paulo and covered it in complete darkness at 3 p.m. Like, oh people thought that gracious. the world was ending. I'm not Like, surprised. it was very apocalyptic. Because isn't the Amazon rainforest, like, one of the biggest rainforests? It's, like, the most biodiverse place on the, in the there world. There we go. That's what I'm trying to get at. It's one of the most... B- and it it's, is like, the, the lungs most. of the earth. Like, it takes That's what people so much it. CO2. And look at us burning it down. Yep. Environmental health. Yeah. It's really scary, and it's, like, there's only so many more mistakes we can make before it's too late. You know what I mean? Sis, I think it's already too late. I'm not trying. It, yeah, it, it might be. It, it might, might just be. be. And in that case, you just gotta, you know, live your life and do the best you can. But all of this is to say that <laughs> <laughs> I am retroactively <laughs> not eating red meat in hopes that I make some sort of difference. Yeah, and hopefully I get this podcast out so that this is still a prevalent issue. So we shall see. I I'm think. Sure, I mean, out e- in time. even if you get this out a year from now. It's still, it's pr- still it still happened. Yeah. And it's still something that happened. We'll still, still be here in a year. We'll still be yeah, you're right. I, I mean, say we'll still be here in at least two decades. At least you're giving we it still got at least two decades. Fair. I'll I'll take your word for it. If it doesn't happen, well it was nice knowing everyone. Yeah. I'm I apologize in advance. I know it sounds like this is definitely not about education anymore, but No, no honestly, <laughs> that's the beauty of conversation. It yeah. doesn't we don't we started one way, we went another and we're still educating. Yeah. My personal philosophy way. on this whole thing, because I'm somebody who, this this relates to the college experience, I think. I'm somebody who suffers from anxiety a lot, and I work myself up about things like this. But something that gets me through it at the end of the day is just, like, even if everything does end, you know, and I don't think it would in that way, like, it's going to be a gradual, I, I don't know what the experts are saying, but even if our society can't exist the way it does today, we, you won't you'll never be alone you know what i mean like everybody will be going through the same exact we're all going, going down through. together if so. we're going down we're all going <laughs> yeah down. If so we at least our lives we all got i personally find comfort in that because it's okay. like there's only so much you can do right and that's and actually applicable. eating eating not eating red meat and just being a vegetarian or being a vegan if you can go that far is the single biggest thing you can do because it it shouldn't be based on individual consumption it's really based on corporations the big guys those are the people who are making the heavy hitters are making the real damage you know and the real decisions yeah and that's whether that be in the food industry Mm -hmm. 
education industry, just is anyone who's controlling and making calling those shots. Yeah. They're the ones who need to fundamentally change. We can only do so much for the on an individual scale. Yeah. But that's that's for, that's a problem for you guys out there to try to go into and try to fix. Just that's think for, about it. Just for us to think about because we are the next. We are up and coming. Yeah, we are. All of us, like whether you're in high school currently and you're listening to this, whether you're in college currently listening to this, or whether you're a recent graduate from college and you're listening to this, we are the future, quote unquote, whatever yeah. that means to you. But it's like this world is for us to kind of, we have to fix up what the people from the past mm-hmm. tended to mess up. We also have to be more cognizant and of. And the people of the present. And the, I mean, yeah, we're also, we're, we're currently also actively doing it too. Yeah. Like, but it's just a matter of we have to be aware of these things, mm-hmm. and but we have to go further than awareness, and that kind of speaks a little bit to your whole Instagram. People are trying to outwoke each other. I, yeah, I, I like the way you put it because it's so true. I'm not so proud true. of myself, but yeah, because I'm yeah. O- I'm only a I'm a, I'm a recent Instagram joiner. I only joined Instagram like in May. Okay. I'm not, I'm not a I don't use it often. For my mean people out there, I'm thinking of that meme of the farmer that's like. It's hard work, but it's honest work. <laughs> it's hard work. You gotta show it to me then. I want to know. I want to be in the end. Something that feels so old and outdated because I'm not like in the know with all these cool memes and shit. But it's okay. Honestly, not having Instagram is like the new wave. Everyone, like everyone's just getting off. As social soon as media. you're getting on, everyone's like getting on. What's off. the next thing? What's the next thing then? Snapchat. I think people are reverting back to just nothing, like nothing. flip phones. <laughs> If People you can believe so it, funny. I know. Cause they, cause they know how bad it is. Yeah. The psychological effect. I gotta pull out my old Nokia, I guess. There's my a, sidekick. The sidekick? Blueberry, the sidekick, Blackberry? Bro. Uh, I was about to say Blueberry. No, Blackberry? My mom, my mom never let me get a Blackberry. She uh, had one, and I was like, this I didn't is have so one either. Unfair. I think I had one of those touchpads. The yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine dial pad. Anyone <laughs> born from 2005 down does not get it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Sorry, but not you guys just don't get it. But we're not, we're not, and we're not funny. Oh we're, we're considered young too. My brother was born then. Literally, one of my. So you're 14 if you're born in 2005. Yeah. So my brother was born 2004. One of my brothers was born 2004. The other one was born 2006. Oh my god. My sister was born 2010, and the other one was born 2013. I'm just like, yo. Wow. And oh, so you're the oldest. And then 2001. Yeah, I'm the okay. oldest on my mom's side. Mm-hmm. So they're out here. They don't know what we went through, but we also, and then, but then you talk to people who are like 25. They're like, y'all won't get it. And I'm like, oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, Y'all are young. And I'm just like, hey, just shut up. Just Although I will say that there's a huge, I don't know, I think like from freshman year of high school me to freshman year of college me, there's a huge gap. Huge gap. Because you learn a lot. Yeah. And you transition, you, oh, don't, yeah, that's another comment. There's a whole thing. There's a whole school, other conversation. Yeah. High school, like from ninth grade to 12. There should be a H suite season high school edition. High school. Oh, I'm, I want some high schoolers on here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, for sure. I think I will get high schoolers on here. So any high schoolers listening, and if you want to come on to the H-Suite, hit me up at my, my, my the email. Okay, actually, this is a perfect time to kind of round, round it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout myself up now and then shout myself out. Shout myself now. What am I trying <laughs> to say? Shout out to myself now and then shout out later. Plug yourself. Plug myself. There we go. You see, I'm so outdated. I can't. <laughs> uh, at gmail.com if you have any questions. Or you can hit me up on Instagram at hsweetchats. Mm-hmm. So we kind of touched on a lot of things. We did touch on a lot of things. Right? And but I, I like that. No, no. I mean, that's, my conversations are not very, my, my, like the way I talk, mm-hmm. I don't talk on like a singular. Some people have like very direct ways of talking. It's like very straightforward. 
my conversations are like hexagons. Like we go all over the place, octagons, hexagons, and yeah. we go backwards, forwards, sideways. <laughs> but we get to a point, and hopefully, people listening can keep up with our with my conversation style. Yeah, it's different from most people's, or maybe it's similar to people you know. Who knows? I don't really know. That's but why you made a podcast. Exactly. Here we are. We're out here, and another major point of this podcast is also to talk a little bit about what success means. Okay. Because we're college students. We have our goals. We have our aspirations. We may not know what they are. Yeah. But we are on the track to reach amazing things. Yes. Because I only knew you for a week. And I knew, I yeah, only we knew literally a, met last Sunday. Last Sunday. Today is Monday. We are. Uh, it's August 26th today. Is it? Yeah. August 26th. Right there. On the ca- on oh, the wow. Thing. Okay. Right? And it's, we're one week into this program. I feel like I like I feel like not that I know everyone in this program really well, but I feel like I, we get the yeah. essence of other people. We still have a long way to go. We have still have a long way to go, but I know y'all are brilliant. There's Aww. no denying that. And brilliant people you just too. go far. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, I don't, bl- no, it's I, true. I don't believe it, but whatever. Oh, my God. <laughs> whatever. You're, you literally block. Okay. Can I just say for everybody, we so you're supposed to only bring like one suitcase and then a backpack. And Hawa still brought her recording equipment, <laughs> which I think <laughs> is so funny. Because I wanted to podcast. No, I mean, it shows passion and dedication, you know? So, uh, yeah. It, this is a, this is one of the few things. Yeah, I you do chose th- to bring this stuff yeah, to lug it everywhere f- we're going. <laughs> one of the few things I actually want to continue. And also pay for all this. If I don't do this, this is a problem. True, you did sis. pay for all of it. Like, sis, we out here. We, we on college budget, and I'm out here. But podcasting is. I like doing this. Like, this doesn't feel like a job. Yeah. This just feels like something. This just feels like one. I'm learning, and I love learning, which is why I have a problem with people not thinking that learning is fun because you mm-hmm. should be learning every single day. But two, I just love talking to people. Institutions, man. Institutions, man. Niche slappers. Capitalism, man. <laughs> don't even. <laughs> major, don't come with it. Anyways, but to the question on success. Yes. Can you, because I know success is a multifaceted term. It mm-hmm. means a lot to a lot of people, and it means many things to many different people. What would you say is your idea of success, and how would you know that you'd be succeeding if you were in that moment of success? I'm giggling because I'm thinking of the opening of Beyonce's Pretty Hurts where she's like on a talent show and the guy's like, what's your goal in life? And she's like, my goal in life is to be happy. And it's true. That's my goal. I think that's what for personally, personal fulfillment and satisfaction, I think, is success for me. Because at the end of the day, you're the only person that really matters in your own life. If that makes sense. That sounds kind of fucked up, but like... No, it's not. Like, if anyone's going to judge you, no matter what you believe in, at the end of the day, if you're not happy with yourself, then what's the point? When you're alone, it's just you. So I think success for me is to feel fulfilled, to feel like I did something meaningful, to be passionate and still have passion by the end of the day. Like, I don't want to be... If we're talking about careers, I don't want to be in a career where I'm I feel so burnt out by the end of it that I despise what I did. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to be in a field where by the end of it I just can't even bring myself to think about that job. So success for me is personal fulfillment, happiness and feeling like I did something that impacted other people successfully and made meaningful connections because I think having a strong network too is really important. I like that. Yeah. And it's a good way to kind of leave the audience thinking about yeah. ways in which you can also 
one, define what success means to you, but also take into consideration what all these people, if you've been listening to the episodes consistently, have been talking about. Like, I'm, I'm hearing very similar trends. Oh, really? Yes, I am. And hopefully people get that the more they listen and the more people I talk to. Because, mm-hmm. yes, success is very general and it d- means different things to different people, but at the heart of it, we all kind of want the same thing. Yes. So once again, Grace, thank you so, 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 thank so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm going to plug myself and yeah, say follow me on Instagram. It's Grace, G-R-A-C-E-W-I-C-T. Wait, no, that's not what it is. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Sorry. It's Grace, G-R-A-C-E-W-I-C-K-T, as in Thomas, D. So Grace Wicked, but instead of an E, it's a T. Yeah. And I'm public, but you can follow me. No worries. And I also have her. It's uh, not like I post anything meaningful, but if you, so to, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to see what I look like. <laughs> as you should. I feel like, and also if you have any questions. Yeah. If you have any questions, like feel free to DM me. If you're, you're a high DM school me. student and you're looking at college I really like just having like conversations like this. Right. And just talking to people. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So if you have any questions about Bermorn specifically, if you have any questions about living in Boston or, mm-hmm. or Philadelphia or college in general. Yeah. Or you want some tips, tricks and things to put in your college application because Hit she did and she did posse too so maybe she yes could i went like through the first two rounds of it so and then i got cut before the third one yeah but you can also help you out with it still kind of bitter about bitter? no i'm just I kidding mean, <laughs> no, i mean no it's no i'm not bitter there are just there's so many brilliant people that apply so for many. it like i know too like i know posse. so many just des- more deserving people than me you so, know eh, no we'll i mean that with a grain it, of salt. yeah yeah you're deserving sis all right i'm gonna Thanks. have you, and i'm gonna have your information in the show notes once yes. i get those out of the way so don't worry about that all right, thank you guys so much. Thank you. For listening. Thanks, Hawa, for having me. For sure. Thanks for coming on, sis. We needed this. Yes. All right. So once again, if you have any questions for me, please hit me up. Email eight sweetchats at gmail dot com or follow me on Instagram at eight sweetchats. If you have any questions you want to ask for future guests, please hit me up. If you have any suggestions for future guests, please hit me up. If you yourself want to be a guest, hit Ooh, me yeah. up. Oh yeah. And I'm so ready. I'm so ready for this trip. I'm so ready. We're, guys, we're leaving for India for New Delhi on Friday. Yeah. Friday. Today's um, Monday. August 30th. Wait, we're leaving on Friday or Saturday? Friday night. Friday night? 6 p.m. 6 p.m.? We're going to be in France Saturday. Oh, shoot. All right. Well, we're leaving soon. August 30th. Yeah. So we're out here, and uh, I'm going to be I'm gonna be keeping up with you guys throughout the trip, talking to different students that I've met throughout the program and we're gonna be at different phases of the study abroad program so maybe yep. we'll have more to talk about when we're in each country but please stay tuned all right guys have an amazing time thank you so much grace once again thanks again all right guys bye each sweet later peace